It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com is our ultra-fast-growing deal site. Why? Because, well, if you like what I do, you are also someone who loves deals, and we got those for you with our deal diggers looking for bargains for you each and every day. And so ClarkDeals.com is where we post things that are obscure often that we found that we think are legit, real bargains to stretch your dollar. Coming up in just a few minutes, gosh, of the Clark rages that go on, I think about the ones where our elected leaders specifically set out to harm the American people. Wait till you hear how one congressman is trying to give a certain segment of the debt collection industry complete freedom from following federal rules and federal laws. And later this hour, it is so upsetting when you think about how many of us as Americans know someone who's been stricken with addiction to opioids, opiates, opioids, however you like to call them, and one company has come up with a new strategy to try to reduce the number of people who get addicted to opiates. I'm going to tell you what they're doing. There's lots we're going to have to do to reverse this, but I'm glad to see people stepping out, even at cost of their own revenue, to try to turn around this drug epidemic. So, There's been a lot of fuss over the last few days because of a decision by an obscure federal agency that will have the effect of ending the installation of solar in the United States, at least for now. There's an agency that called the International Trade Commission, International Trade Commission, the ITC, that except for corporate types, nobody even knows they're there. But they unanimously voted to make it illegal to sell inexpensive solar panels in the United States. The purpose is, if you look through the whole picture of it, the real purpose of it is to boost the use of coal in the United States. Solar becoming at a point where it can compete in many countries in the world and we're right on the cusp in the United States to compete with other forms of energy without any kind of subsidy at all. Solar has become such a threat to traditional providers of energy that this is all about trying to turn the clock back and eliminate solar and when they're coming for you next. But the reality is that you can't stop technology. You know, it's kind of like when you try to put up barriers against change, you may succeed for the short term, but you definitely won't for the long term. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is it's going to be months 
before there may be a possibility that solar will face an effective ban in the United States. So it's going to be a great time to get solar at your business or at your home for the next several months until a potential ban would take effect. And as I said, solar is so much cheaper than it used to be. I mean, the price of effective cost of solar panels has fallen by roughly 50% in the last 30 months. And so if the economics did not work before at your home or business, the numbers have changed so significantly that solar may in fact be a good decision. And, and I say, you hear me say may, could be, because every question I get about solar plays out differently with the numbers involved and how long the payback would take. But I can tell you that I've had solar for 10 years now? I guess it's 10 years. And I'm thrilled to have solar. It's been a, a great thing. It dramatically reduces the amount of power you have to buy from a power company. And we're not that far away from you being able to leave the grid with new battery storage technologies coming into the market as they become more affordable, you will be able to live off the grid. It also means that people who want to live in the wilderness are already in a position where they can put in solar and put in these battery backup packs and not have to worry about connecting to the traditional power grid. So, yeah, you're going to hear a lot about the death of solar. Solar is not dying. Solar has only just begun to be a big part of how we get power in the United States for years and years to come. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you, Clark? Thanks for taking my call. Certainly, Chris. You have a classic dilemma that you want to run by me, and you're going to put my brain to the test if I'm going to have a good answer for you. Go ahead. Right, right. Well, my wife and I are looking to become homeowners and new to the process, uh, but we still have quite a bit of debt. And our realtor uh, suggests that our debt doesn't really hurt us at this time, and we should focus our earnings on putting that into savings for a down wondering if that's advisable. Let's hear about the debts. Like, what kind of debt levels do you have? What makes up those debts? Well, we have two vehicles uh, that we're, we're still paying on, uh, a handful of credit cards, but the lion's share is my student loan, uh, which seems to be lingering, lingering around. <laughs> and, you know, I talked about recently how uh, there's a new report out that people who have a significant amount of student loans on average, you're delaying first home purchase by seven years because of the burden of the student loans. So let's go through your debts and see what your overall picture supports. So how much in student loan debt do you have? We still owe thirty-three grand on it. Okay. And what kind of interest rate does that carry? Do you know? Yeah, the, the loan is split up into five parts. Uh, four of them are uh, Stafford loans at 6.8%, and then about twenty grand of it is uh, a signature select loan 
that sits at 10.75. Okay. And the credit card debt, how much is that? Four eight. Uh, we probably have, I think it's 17 to 18 grand in that. Okay. So you've got, uh, wow, you got 50 grand between credit cards and student loans. The cars pay themselves off over time. You can keep driving a car well after you paid it off. But having uh, the 33000 in student loan debt with nearly two-thirds of it at almost 11%, I respectfully disagree with the real estate agent. And you need to set as a higher priority paying on the student loan debt. Got it. And if there are some lifestyle trims that you and your wife need to make because the goal of home ownership is important, then you start making changes and boosting how much you're paying towards the student loan debt. What's your combined income? Uh, we uh, together annually uh, go over 130 a year. All right, at 130 a year, you should be able to pay off that student loan debt in probably 24 months. 24 months, okay. And so you would, because you have enough income to support that. And right. so you should figure out what you'd have to pay per month to wipe out the student loans in two years. And you would be in a position then to be much healthier because you would have gotten used to living on substantially less than what you make. You would have been paying uh, nearly two grand a month on the student loans when you th- calculate in the interest potentially. Okay. But you would... No, it wouldn't be that much. But you would be in a position where you'd already be budgeting yourself in a way that as soon as you've extinguished student loans, you can start throwing that same amount of money every month towards saving for a down payment. Right. But I think it would be unhealthy for the two of you financially carrying $50,000 in between credit card and student loan debt and then taking on top of it the obligation of a home. Right, right. So I think that the home has to has to be a goal that you're looking for a little further down the road, but make it a serious goal so that you can call me two years from now and say, you know, I did it. I'm credit card debt. For, well, I didn't even mention the credit cards. I'd like you to be credit card debt free by that time. That's how I came up with the 2000 a month. Get rid of the credit card debt and the student loans. And then your entire financial picture as a couple is completely healthy and ready to proceed towards the process of buying a home. Wayne is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Wayne. Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Wayne. You want to buy a classic car. What are you thinking of? Well, my son and I have been talking for several years, and we're somewhere in the mid-60s to maybe 1970 Camaro, uh, Chevelle, Super Sport, um, something that's pretty nice. And uh, we've kind of narrowed it down to about four or five choices right now. So I said, well, let's keep planning, and uh, I'll kind of put some thoughts together on how much I want to spend, and uh, we'll go from there. So we're getting close. And what is that going to cost you for that Chevelle or Camaro? I'm looking era. at somewhere around thirty grand. Um, I'm willing to look at more, um, but I think in the cars that I've seen, um, what I 
can do for uh, with a car. Um, you know, I can't do body work and that kind of thing. But if it looks great and has a great paint job and needs some engine work, you know, I can do that kind of thing. So I've kind of looked at the thirty, maybe $35,000 range. Okay, so I'm so impressed with you. You can do the engine work yourself? I can. I actually learned the basics back in high school. I can and, do uh, nothing to a car myself. I can put <laughs> okay. air in the tires. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> it's fun. But then as you get, you know, past the 70s and then the 80s and that, there's just so much more involved with the engines that I just don't, I don't mess with them. So um, how can I be of help? Because I, this is pretty exciting. I, I saw just the other day a, a 69 Cutlass that had been fully restored. Yes. And, it, and what color was it? It was a, a, a like a bluish purple kind of color. I don't know. I can't. Dis- I'm not that good with colors. Okay. That's fine. We're we're kind of looking at something similar to that. Um, again, we don't want a race car, but we do want something that's very sporty looking, that's in very very good condition, and just something that we can also use as a, a car to drive and just have fun with it. And how can I help with that? Well, what my wife and I have done, we've put ourselves in a position. Uh, and I give her the credit. Um, when we got married 32 years ago, she said, let's go on a budget. Um, and that kind of scares a lot of couples, but we did. And today, being retired for three years now, and I'm 61, um, we have no debt. And I'm thinking, okay, do I go in and take money out of this account and that account? Uh, do I borrow the money? Um we don't have a mortgage anymore. If you have um, no debts at all, if you have no debts at all and you have a low cost of living, very low cost. Pay of living. cash Central for this. Ohio. Pay cash. Okay. Just just um take if you got assets, it sounds like you you're doing really well. There's no upside to you borrowing money. Now, classic cars, there are loans you can do for classic cars that are geared towards someone like yourself at interest rates that are amazingly low considering they're cars that can be 50 years old. But your situation is so simple and you've gotten it to where you carry no debts, not even a mortgage. Just write that check and you enjoy that car. So sometimes things get so weird that you can hardly believe it The debt collection industry, which has been a source of so much angst for so many people, getting contacted by aggressive debt collectors about debts they actually don't owe that aren't theirs, that may belong to somebody else, or who knows if they exist at all, or people making false threats, they're going to kill them or put them in jail or whatever. I mean, these abuses have been so well documented in the debt collection industry, but wait till you hear... What I'm about to share with you is what one congressman is trying to get through the Congress right now. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark-rageous moment. Congressman Dave Trott of Michigan is a lawyer who specialized in foreclosures. And now he's going to leave Congress. But before he leaves, he's trying to get through a bill that would exempt his himself and fellow lawyers from any federal oversight in doing activities that are illegal under federal law, like abusing people, calling them at all hours of the day and night, threatening them falsely, everything I just described. 
even harassing people into paying debts that aren't theirs, that lawyers would receive a carve-out who specialize in debt collection work and foreclosures, that they would receive a carve-out from any oversight for criminal behavior on their part. Now, this is incredible and unbelievable and self-serving. You know, a member of the U.S. Congress should not use the trust of his or her constituents, in this case his constituents, as a way to feather his own nest. And I'm hoping that by bringing light, and this story is spreading around the country, the congressman will say, no, no, that's not what I meant to do, but we're not going to do it anyway. And then just go and retire. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clark.com slash ask, where you go to ask me a question. You have a question you'd like to talk with someone off the air, though. We do that as well. You can talk with a member of Team Clark for free. And on Clark.com, scroll down that main screen on the left-hand side. You'll see how to call in. Phone number, hours available for off-air advice. So I am one of the apparently few people in the country who doesn't seem to know someone family member or friend who has a problem with an addiction to opiates or a variety of drugs in that general category. And it's been a, an, a continuing human tragedy now with far more people dying each year from drug overdoses in the United States than dying in car wrecks. And so this is something that just tears at my heart to think of people in the prime of their lives that are affected this way. And uh, I do a big effort along with my listeners and viewers every Christmas season getting donations of toys for children in foster care. And I've been doing this for the last 27 years. The number of children that we're expecting to serve this Christmas season has tripled in five years. And it's because of the problems with parents of young children who end up either passing away or uh, losing their children, at least for a while, because of a drug addiction problem. And there are all kinds of layers and elements to this. One that will ultimately get more and more exposure is the insurance companies that when someone's complaining of back pain or neck pain or whatever, that they may have had an on-the-job injury, that the insurers will not pay for medications that can treat pain but are more expensive. Opiates are actually very inexpensive purchase legally compared to other drugs. And so people are ending up addicted, and these drugs, many of them can be highly addictive within 10 days to two weeks, and then you're hooked. CVS, the big drugstore chain, announced today that they are going to limit prescriptions for the highly addictive opiates to seven days. 
You can't have any more than a seven-day supply. And there's so many pieces to this puzzle. I mean, there are people who don't get hooked on these drugs because they've had a medical condition. There are people who just uh, get hooked on drugs rec recreationally, and that's always been true going back centuries. But it's the situation of people getting hooked because they have a work injury or they have an injury from a car wreck or whatever. And this is where we need to do better. And there are non-drug things we need to look at, things like um, the role of acupuncture or potentially going to see a physical therapist, also known as a physical terrorist. And, I mean, going to uh, various forms of massage. I mean, there are so many different things that can be done other than giving someone just pain pills that can change the whole course of their lives and potentially ruin their lives. So I have a message specifically for you. If you come down with an injury and the doctor is quick to write a script for you potentially for a pain med or you're told that this is what you should do is take these pills to relieve the pain. <sighs> really think it through before you do. I mean, I had back surgery 15 years ago. And before I had my surgery, I could not walk, work, or sleep. I was in agony that seemed like it was the end of the world. And I remember when I was asked if I wanted pain meds, and I said, no, I will not take them. And it was just, it was just a strong feeling I had. And I don't know if I had gone much longer without surgery. I don't know if I could have stayed strong on that because it was brutally difficult. Think about all the people who have served our country with great bravery in the various theaters of war and the injuries they've come back with and the chronic pain they may have. And again, there may be a tendency to write them a prescription for pain meds. But this is not ending well for people. And so society will ultimately deal with this how it does. I'm more concerned about you and how you or a family member or a friend deals with pain. The prescription bottle needs to be something that has a special warning with it, not that comes with those mice-type disclosures, but one that is clear as could be that would hit you over the head with a two-by-four that you're playing with fire. Courtney's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Courtney. Hi, Clark. How are you? Good, thank you, Courtney. You are back with me on the show after calling about a family vacation that had come off the rails and no one was helping. Yeah, that's, that's about right. So if you would recap briefly what you called me about before, and let's talk through 
what's gone on since you first called me. Okay, so um, when I talked to you last, um, I explained that I had booked a vacation rental through one of the major. Um, oh, go ahead and name platforms. them. <laughs> it was it was Flipkey. Okay. Okay, and so after I booked the unit, um, the island where it's located, which is St. John, um, was just devastated by Hurricane Irma. And then after that, it was affected by Hurricane Maria. So um, as a result of like what I saw reported in the news, and you know, it was, it was being reported as just pretty much total devastation, um, I contacted the owner, and the owner responded that... Um, they were still assessing the damage and that, you know, that the infrastructure hadn't been largely affected. So that was weird because it didn't really match what I was seeing on the news. So at that point, I contacted Flipkey and tried to get them to help. And um, at first, they said that the owner reported that the, the villa was intact, and so they wouldn't be issuing any refunds at that time. Um, and then my argument became, well, the, this particular villa may be intact. Um, I don't know if in, intact is quite enough, but they said it was intact. But the island itself isn't intact anymore. It's, a, it's the middle of a declared disaster zone. So that's where things got tricky, and that's where I contacted you. And so I would say that maybe, just maybe, you reacted earlier than the bureaucracy at Flipkey and some of the other booking sites had had a chance to react to how they were going to implement cancellation policies for the islands affected and areas affected by the various hurricanes. So uh, their policy is, uh, I'll read it, I, wanna, I won't, don't want to paraphrase, I'd like to read it exactly. No traveler should have to pay for a rental home they're unable to travel to as a result of these storms, and we're working to ensure refunds. We're currently doing the following for affected travelers. Refunding the booking fee, refunding rental fees made through our site, and then uh, in instances where you did not use their site to make a booking, that they are contacting property owners and uh, and they are... Let me see. I, I want to get their wording right. To get travelers' rental fees refunded. So they are using uh, moral suasion with people who actually have money from the person booking. But if the booking happened through them, they're doing the refunds. So I don't know if that is a reaction to us contacting them and laying out your situation, because that is a blanket policy they've written or if it's just because it was before they had a chance to put in place what they were going to do. But you should be good. Have they told you this, that you're going to get your money back? They did. They told me I'm going to get my money back. Um, um, and this is really this is such um, good news for so many people who are on the travel forums that I still see that are hanging in limbo and getting mixed messages and wondering, like, how this really works, um, you know, we don't want to be completely spooked by using vacation rentals at all, but sure, if this is what could happen, people might be. Well, uh, let me say this to you. It can be equal opportunity hassle if you booked at a resort or with an individual hotel property, because in past storms, it's been a common occurrence that people cannot get refunds. So I want to tell you what we've been doing since your call. Uh, our producer, Joel, 
has been checking the policies on each of the booking sites, Courtney, and Airbnb is more often used. What is their policy? Yeah, Clark, Airbnb has a longstanding extenuating circumstances policy, and they specifically call out natural disasters or severe weather incidents impacting the location of destination or location of departure. So if you have an Airbnb booked and or, or stayed at one within the past 14 days, you can file a claim with Airbnb and uh, you're likely covered under that extenuating circumstances policy. We also heard back from HomeAway because we reached out to to them to ask, and their policy didn't seem quite as friendly. They made it sound like, wait. Do you want me to read it? Because you're being way too political. Okay. Okay. HomeAway's policy, I think, is so mealy-mouthed and could certainly be what Courtney's seeing on the travel forums, HomeAway, which is also the parent of ERBO, HomeAway travelers who have concerns about the safety of an upcoming trip to an area potentially impacted by the hurricanes should first and foremost reach out to the property's owner or manager. The owner or manager should work with the traveler to facilitate a cancellation and refund or potentially a rescheduling of the trip. It's also important for the traveler to contact insurance company, their insurance company if a trip policy was purchased to inform them of the decision to forego the trip. So that basically says you're on your own, that all they are is a bookie and that they're not involved and and have no, obviously, no policy what should happen in the event of people's money. And I think that's very instructive for you when you go to look to book a vacation rental, a vacation accommodation. But Courtney, I'm glad that you brought this to our attention and your situation's worked out and we have a better feel for what other people should expect. Roger is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Roger. How are you doing, Clark? Great, thank you, Roger. You want to talk about your wife and her retirement account, right? Yes, sir. What's going on with your wife? Um, Well, the question is, uh, I'm debating on lowering her 401k. Uh, Right now, she's contributing 15%. And, uh, and contributing that extra money into a Roth versus contributing that 15% or the whole 15% into a 401k. And how come you're thinking of reducing the 401k cont- contribution rate? Only because right now I have a Roth and it's doing really well, and I've had it for probably 10 plus years. And her 401k is also doing really well, but she does not have a Roth at all. So that was the only debate that we were having. So at her employer, does she have a choice of, of the newest flavor, the Roth 401k, or does she only have the option of a traditional 401k? Uh, right now, it's just the traditional, and uh, they don't do any company match, but they do do a uh, profit sharing every year. Okay. So she gets a pretty good chunk of change on top of what she's already, on top of the 15% that she's already contributing. Well, that's great. And the advantage of doing a smaller contribution to the 401k and her also having a Roth is the advantage is that she has, as she approaches retirement, a pre-tax pile of money and a post-tax pile of money. And having the flexibility of having both is very advantageous. How old is your wife? She's 37. Yeah, the Roth has real benefits. And could you give me a sense of combined family income? Um, Give or take right around 100000 Okay, so your idea is a very smart idea. If you were to cut 
the 401k contribution, let's say, in half, and then 7.5% in it and 7.5% of her pay into a Roth, that's a great idea and a great combination. That's what I was hoping to hear. And just do it with one of the low-cost companies, okay? And that's who we have right now, and that's who our Roth, our, the, the company I was looking at is also who our 401k is with and who I currently have a Roth with. And, and go ahead and say who that is. Uh, Vanguard. Oh, okay. So it's all in the family. So if you do the the Vanguard 401k for half the money, do the Vanguard Roth IRA for the other half, that would be ideal. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for an update on something that we had several people post on Ask Clark about. Joel, what was that they wanted to talk about? Yeah, Clark, people wanted to know about Credit Karma and why their Better Business Bureau ranking was an F. Yeah, because, I mean, here it is on my Equifax Survival Guide. Step number one is to sign up with Credit Karma so you can have a dashboard that allows you to see if anybody's poking around your credit, what your credit scores are, um, all that for free, and do that before you freeze your credit because once you've frozen your credit, you can't have a Credit Karma dashboard. Well, people were like, what in the world? I'm always telling you, if somebody has a bad rating with a Better Business Bureau, that's like uh, a mark of shame. Don't do business with them. So Credit Karma wrote us a very lengthy response to it, saying that the F rating is something they're not happy about and that they are actually talking to the Better Business Bureau and they're actively working with them to improve our rating So the reason they have an F is they won't discuss your personal information with them because of their privacy policies. So the Better Business Bureau is like, well, you're just not cooperating. So we're giving you an F. At least that's Credit Karma's angle on this. But they supposedly are working with the Better Business Bureau to fix the problems with the BBB And we'll see, and all I can say at this point, that's their story, but talking isn't doing. We'll see in a few weeks if they have actually patched things up with the Better Business Bureau. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time 
If you think I'm wasting your time, go to Clark.com newsletters.